Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have And if you let that whiskey ring. The Odd Drunk Podcast! Welcome back to The Odd Drunk Podcast with your hosts, <laughs> Whoa. and then Jackson. Whoa! Um, <laughs> yeah, we took, uh, actually, wait, what am I saying? Uh, we didn't take a break. We finished up our Spider-Man commentaries last week. Yes, sir. Uh, the timeline is a bit convoluted. Because I know in that episode, I talk about how I may have not moved by that point or I have moved by that point. I have moved, as we discussed in previous episodes. So if that caused any confusion, that's what happens when you make episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it messes up the timeline. But the timeline has been it's has been fixed. We're in real time now, sort of, <laughs> even though these always come out in the future. Yes, for us, not yeah. for you. It it just came out. You guys are you talking. Just... You're you're listening to past Jackson and Colton. You're listening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is the past. <laughs> Anyways, Time I hope travel. you guys have enjoyed those commentaries. And if you haven't checked them out, go check them out. Um, it could be a lot of fun if you, especially if you actually watch it with us. I think that makes it a lot more. Oh yeah, rewarding. Uh, it gives more context and um. Uh, and I will admit, I, I don't really do that much, but um, <laughs> I, I've watched a couple of the, I've done a couple of the Weekly Planet commentaries before. They're, mm-hmm. they're pretty good. Yeah. No. I, I, I've been behind on their content, though. It's been a while since I've listened to them. Just been busy. Uh, and, uh, I think I've, I've, I've listened to a few of the Mr. Sunday movie videos recently, but nice, nice. Anyways, we, we don't need to plug them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they should be plugging uh, but we us. Can, That's... Yeah, they should plug us. <laughs> uh, but we, we can plug our other podcasts, our morning show, Morning Oddities. Yes. Um, go listen I to it. I actually, yeah, go listen to it. It's uh, We try to be more clean, more family-friendly there. Sometimes we fail, but we never go as far as we do on this show. No. And, um <laughs> keep it short and sweet i i think i mean the longest one we did was oppenheimer one i think and that was like yeah. 25 minutes <laughs> yeah that was that was a long one but we, we should but, keep it around um, half an hour yeah our most recent one is even shorter than that so if that's the kind of pacing you want for a podcast check that out um also yep. it's a great way for us to discuss the other things going on things that are interesting <laughs> i mean things that interest us outside of this so we can just cut to the chase here um but we always go on tangents anyways but anyways yeah we are both real excited for this episode we're um we're doing another album reviews and yes it's uh and, it's not it's not been too long since the last one but damn we just love doing these albums no it, it hasn't been a super long time but the last um, one was our metal punk one mm-hmm yeah. And and then we did one for Black History Month back in February. Um mm-hmm. so those was Living Color, uh Bad Brains. Uh uh-huh. um Denzel Curry. 
Denzel Curry and uh Lobby Seafray. Lobby Seafray, yeah. I yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. His name. But yeah, that was a fun one. The metal one was fun. But now we're going back to just our more traditional formula. Yeah. Where we pick one new album, one old album each. Yeah. And genre, it could be anything. Um it really just depends on what I'm listening to at the moment when we do these, though. Sometimes I want to do these just uh, so I can talk about what I'm listening to <laughs> at the moment. But, yeah, the, um, our our thought process and how we uh, how we pick albums can be interesting because I I I pick both of my albums uh, not because I'm specifically like have been listening to those albums a ton recently, but just because we haven't talked. They're, they're artists that I want to talk about a little bit. So Right. And uh, one of the albums I picked for tonight's ep- for this episode um, is from a band that I've just recently got into, really. I've heard them before, and but now I've really dipped my toes into their uh, works. And then also the other one is one I've been wanting to talk about since it released early this year so yeah i'm definitely excited and there's a lot of i will say before we get into this um this year has been great for like alternative music Um, yeah there's been a lot of good stuff coming out um one of the albums i'm doing um i don't want to spoil it yet unless you read the description but i'm not going to spoil it for the listeners (laughs) readers you nerds you spoiled it for yourselves but um <laughs> but yeah there was a couple albums i could have picked for my new one from this year uh the hives just came out with a new album it's great stuff just great garage you know garage punk rock um nice quick 30 minute album great album uh go listen to bogus operandi that's a great introduction into their new stuff um, oh yeah uh the queens of stone age just did one what in times new roman i think uh foo fighters did it out a new Mm -hmm. album i I guess it's their white album and it's a very emotionally poignant album after the death of taylor hawkins i was close picking that one and i was close picking the hives um but the one i landed on i've not only got to listen to more but it just i think it's one of the standouts of the year uh yeah anyways um this is this is a fun thing. Uh, uh, I love fun things. With, within the, uh, I didn't know about this until I'm I'm actually looking on a web page right now, like learning about it. Um, within the last couple of days, Rolling Stones have announced a new album. Oh, really? To release in I think October. Uh, what was the last one? Was it Blue and Loathsome, the blues cover one? Yeah, yeah, they just did a uh, released an album of them playing some blues covers back in 2016. And that's um, very traditional stones. <laughs> yeah, well their first two whole two and a half albums were all blues, blues. covers because they didn't start having original <laughs> songs until their third album and that third album is also mostly covers. Well yeah, a lot a of bands couple. in that era. I mean, the Beatles too are just as guilty of it, you know, in that era it was it, very it was very much commonplace to do covers do your versions and um of like standards and stuff and sometimes just 
songs that just came out there'd be a bunch of covers and it would it was okay it was like accepted now you post the cover on youtube you get copyright claimed yeah (laughs) um it's (laughs) funny how that landscape has changed but uh but yeah those early stones albums i still love the early ones honestly but um this is uh, i think the one you the one you selected is um yeah this is reporting from the sun um it's going to be released end of October. They're going to release a single pretty soon. Uh, it's going to be their first album of original content since 2005. Um, Charlie Watts, rest in peace, um, will be heard on the record, it says. Uh, and uh, Elton John and Paul McCartney will be will play cameo or have cameos in the record. Wait, I just got back. Uh, did you say McCartney and Elton John? Yeah, yeah. So the album, it's uh, said uh, Charlie Watts will be. You will have recordings from that they did before he died. Oh, nice on there, and Elton John and Paul McCartney will put in cameos. Nice. I always love a good cameo. <laughs> so that's fun. First album of original. Stuff rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Yes, rest in peace. Um, um, I heard and rest in peace. Um, Brian Jones, and he passed away a long time ago. Oh yeah, yeah. 19... But he he was on this album you're going to talk about. 1968. Um, um no, he or, no, he wasn't. Nope. nope, thought he was. Anyways, you're you're the Stones expert. Uh, I also <laughs> wanted to say that I know Mick Jagger. I think had a health scare. Just recently. yeah, I, I heard something about that. Eighty. Yeah, I believe he's 80. I think they're all 80, except for Keith Richards. He's always been 80. He's been 80 since 1972. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, Mick Jagger. Any, yeah, anyway. He's fine now. I think he just had a yeah. scare, though, at one of their shows or something. Before, but, um... before we get into this, uh, I have a question for you, Jackson. Yeah. What are you drinking? Um, so I do have some wine, just a little bit. Well, n- not a little bit, I guess. But <laughs> sippy good, cups, I don't spill it. Good healthy glass, <laughs> healthy yeah, sippy good, cup of a wine. healthy, yeah, a healthy portion. But I also have um, my girlfriend got some, and it wouldn't be my first choice, but for a non-alcoholic option, it's actually pretty good. It's the Heineken. Zero, zero point ah, zero. Yeah, they're um, alcohol-free had, beer, and I've it's pretty that, good yeah. actually. It's a nice, refreshing malt, and you know mm-hmm. it has the hop like flavor in it. Extract. I don't know exactly how to make non-alcoholic beers, but um, it's good. Yeah, it gives you the you know it gives you that feeling that well the flavor of it kind of. I, I, I would like to try some more. I'd like to do direct comparisons. I think it could be a fun game. It would definitely mm-hmm. require us to do video, yeah. um, which we keep teasing. I have a new webcam now, so I <laughs> should look much better. It's 1440p, so there you go. Nice. You got it on a good sale. It's a Sony. And I can do different backlights, which is yeah. fun. And it has the privacy shutter, so see you later. 
<laughs> Glad it has that. Um, they all do, really. I don't think any of them don't, except for your <laughs> built-in. My built-in laptop one doesn't. You would no, my mine does. Yeah, tape it. Um, but to do a direct comparison, like get Core's Edge mm-hmm. and a banquet or whatever Edge is supposed to be a equivalent of, probably yeah. light. Rob, um, I, I I think most of these, yeah, just try to do the light version. I heard the Guinness. The zero uh, uh-huh. Guinness was pretty good, or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah, Guinness Zero. It, that that's good stuff. Um, it's, um so a, a lot of I've tried quite a few NA beers at this point because I'm trying to taking a little break from drinking still. Uh, right, and I I find a lot of NA beers, even like the good ones, still distinctly taste like na beers it's an aftertaste they have an aftertaste to them there's definitely an aftertaste here and often the best na beers are able to work with that so it's like they don't try to cover it up they just make it part of it and and they can be pretty good but there's there's um only a couple that i've tasted that i thought like didn't have that aftertaste and guinness zero is one of them it it was pretty good well because guinness has such a distinct flavor yeah, that probably covers it up, you know. Um, but no, this Heineken one's pretty good. I mean, really, what I chalk it up to the experience is just like a multi version of a soda water or of a uh, whatever you call it, a carbonate. Uh, all those water stuff yeah. there, all those carbonated <laughs> waters, Lacroix, and all well, that stuff. I they, hate they it. also make for like non-alcoholic and. And gluten-free people too. Um, well, make, yeah, <laughs> they make hop water as a thing, and it's basically mm. like a seltzer that has hops in it, and they don't taste mm. like beer, but it's kind of has that maltiness to it. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, I I've been cutting back. Um. Just I've been having beer when I go out some, you know, uh-huh. but I I don't have any at the house. Um. Just because I can go through so much so fast and. Yeah, get yeah. you bloated, get you drunk too much. Well, uh, I kind of. I already um, feel so much better just cutting it out for a while. Yeah, and well, yeah, we uh, are the what, drunk. What podcast. I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is that uh, if I'm cutting back my drinking, I'm also saving money on drinking. It does save a lot of money, too. which which means when I do buy booze, I can buy nice stuff. Exactly. So um, I'm I'm still doing. Well, we my... did this a couple years ago, where yeah. I was only buying stuff for the podcast. Yeah, and I would save it for the podcast. Yeah. Um, so like I'm continuing my sobriety. I'm trying to go a whole month, which means I'm th- uh, this. I've done three weeks so far, which means nice. one more one more week. Um, on podcast schedule terms. <laughs> um, right. Be sober. Right. Uh, still, yeah, it's really but, good. Uh, I'm and drinking yeah, some we will... iced tea tonight. Nice. Good. Um, yeah, we will always be the Drunk Podcast. We're not going to change the name. And uh, uh, Like I said, we would have to go 100 episodes sober. <laughs> I, I, also wanna, I also want to share this. I've just been drinking these um, because they're cheap and it's something to sip on. Um, Kroger has these like flavored sparkling waters you can buy. Um, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> They're sugar-free and all that. This is a super depressing cheap. what we're drinking. Uh, but kidding. I just want to share it because of what it's what its title, what, what they call it. It's oh yeah, sparkling, sparkling water, water beverage. Beverage. 
gonna get much more generic. <laughs> it's the most generic name ever, and I kind of love it. Right. I'm just uh, yeah. enjoying some sparkling water beverage. water beverage. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I I've been enjoying. Um, I've always been a fan of these. Uh, I believe they're called ice ice drinks oh, or ice yeah. waters. Those are good, and they're sparkling waters, and they 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 taste good. Uh, my thing is, yeah, like a lot of the sparkling waters like out there just taste like salty water, or just, they just taste bad. Like Lacroix, I cannot stand Lacroix. Mm-hmm. I I can tolerate one if it's like ice cold, but it, just in not general, thing. like sparkling water, I prefer it when it's very minimal on the flavoring. Like well, that's why I I like, think just that's like, why I like this. Yeah, like just like San Pellegrino. A San Pellegrino and uh, or whatever you call it, the and, and you just like squirt a little like lime juice into that or lemon. Those juice are good. Into it. That's good. Yeah. I th- yeah. My thing is, if you're gonna do flavoring, I rather it just tastes like a lemonade instead yeah. of just like a little hint. I I, I rather yeah. no flavoring. Well, that's why I, I like the uh-huh. non-alcoholic beers because yeah, you can tell yeah. they're non-alcoholic, but they still taste like. You know, no, they, I really enjoy they this don't, one. They're refreshing. You know, a lot of them, they don't so just taste like like sparkling water that's beer flavored. They they they're at least trying to actually taste like beer. Yeah, and my girlfriend no, doesn't I, I, doesn't I, see the point. She's just like, if you're not gonna drink, why would you drink non alcoholic beer? Like, why why would you drink beer if you're? It's not, hard to go cold turkey like like that. And also, and also I, 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 I like beer. So yeah, and I know you don't plan on going permanently sober but if you did i would totally support you but you know it's a good just like intermediate like it's like when you're taking a break but you still want that association you know yeah yeah feels Uh, good to uh, have a beer after work yeah and you know it's fine yeah and 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 like i said i'm not doing this forever i'm just doing a whole i'm I'm doing a whole month it's good to take break and then and then i'll be drinking on the podcast again and uh, i'll tell you what tell you what we'll we'll take a shot when uh all right um it'll it'll be my first it'll be my first drink in uh in um a month or whatever yeah for a while you know i i was getting uh, just a constant flow of beer Mm. and that that's just not good for you it's just not good um so yeah i've been just having a beer when i'm out at a bar or um restaurant or for special occasions but i don't have any at the house and um i feel a lot better honestly i've still been enjoying wine i i I love me some wine um some cabernet sauvignon oh yes anyway but um let's stop getting so uh Congratulations, but it's also kind of a sad what you're drinking. My sparkling water sparkling beverage. water beverage. I yes. just wanted to share it because I think the name is hilarious. That that's a great. It's name. the most bargain like bargain yeah. brand names can be pretty funny anyway. Like Doctor K, right? <laughs> uh, but I think this is my favorite one yet because it's sparkling water. It's beverage. the most bargain brand sounding <laughs> name ever. Yep. Anyways, let's get into this. So, as we do with our usual, well, if any album review, actually, we go in chronological order of release yeah. 
a date. So naturally, and we did, and it always this, seems to work out. We did it. It always on works purpose, out, but it is gonna go. We take turns. It, it just... always works that way. <laughs> I, I, has there been one where we I do think, two in a row? I think there's been one or two episodes where that's happened, but I think maybe the metal one because both of mine were later and yours were earlier. So I think that was yeah. the only one that broke the formula. But it usually just so happens where we do every each other one. Which is good. So you're going to start us out here. Yeah. With... So introduce know, it. Uh, foreshadowing a few minutes ago, talking about the Rolling Stones. I chose for my older album, Exile and Main Street. Yes. Um, uh, Double ni- 1972. Yeah, it's a it's a long one. It is. And I chose it for no reason other than I love the Rolling Stones and we've not really talked about the Rolling Stones. No, we haven't. Um, We have not. And I think Exile on Main Street is their best album from start to finish. That seems to be what a lot of people think. Like I looked up their worst or best albums on different outlets and that one's always up there or Mm -hmm. at the top. And I'm not... I don't have a lot of knowledge on all the Rolling Stones albums. I've listened to some Sticky Fingers, Beggar's Banquet, that kind of stuff. But this album, I never really listened. In fact, this is my first time listening to the full album. I've only heard some songs from it. And to be honest, and this is nothing against the album at all. In fact, I think it's Uh in its favor. Um, There's not a lot of huge classic Rolling Stone hits here. No, really, no. the main one that I've heard played on the radio is "Happy." Happy, and I hear "Sweet Virginia." Yeah, it is. Apparently, um, I hear "Sweet Virginia" come up sometimes on the radio. No, oh, I love that one. By the yeah. way, uh, but yeah, no, it doesn't have like any of their big hits, really. Um, but like but... you said, it's just a complete experience. Yeah, just a great album. Yeah. Um, and... And and it, I, I think I wrote, it's a good it's a good representation of what I think is the Stones' best era. So early seventies, yeah, late sixties, early seventies. Late sixties, so early seventies. Beggar's Banquet comes out in nineteen sixty eight, um, and it's not that they didn't have good albums before that. I mean, Out of Our Heads is a pretty great album. Um, and yeah, and they definitely had some hits before that, but I think before Beggars Banquet, they the Rolling Stones both commercially and um, artistically were really kind of riding the coattails of the Beatles, right? Doing derivations of what the Beatles doing, like yeah. What's the album they did in a reaction to Sgt. Pepper's? It was like yeah, uh, Satan's something like uh yeah, it's uh. uh <laughs> And it, it like the cover is very much like a parody. Yeah, and no, also it's... with the Stones, and also a lot of bands. Uh, their era. their Satanic Majesty's request. The, yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so with the Stones, and a lot of bands of that era, you had the UK and US releases. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Their Satanic Majesty's request. Um. Cool, fun cover. Beggar's Banquet. I love how simple that cover is. And then um, I think my... uh, The Toilet, yeah. Yeah, Be- Beggar's Banquet is a fun one. 
because the I always like let it bleed. <laughs> yeah, like fun cover. It's like a cake on top of a record or whatever. Um, the original cover for Beggar's Banquet, I think. Um, so the the graffiti toilet was like had a bunch of um uh backlash to it. So the original cover, they ended up changing mm. it for the original release. Um, and it wasn't just the graffiti's toilet, but the graffiti toilet, but uh, because it says on the somewhere on there, um, uh, John loves Yoko. <laughs> oh, <So> they, they, <laughs> were, they were poking fun at Yoko, on that, right? And that pissed some people off. Um, <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good. But back to Exile on Main Street. I, I got to yeah. go run, but yet uh, just keep going. I just got to get yeah. one thing. So, um, I mean, what I think is the best kind of era of the Stones from Be- Beggar's Banquet in 68 to Exile on Main Street in uh, 72. Um, and I wouldn't say that they really um, went downhill too much from there. I mean, they have some good stuff later on, but um, I, I I really feel that uh, Exile Main Street is kind of their their peak. Um, oh, you're back. Yeah, catch me up. Yeah, I was saying uh, I think I just think that Exile Main Street is kind of their peak because uh, with Beggar's Banquet they they kind of broke off from writing the coattails of the Beatles, and then Beggar's oh. Banquet let it bleed sticky fingers and then exile main street and then exile on main street after that i mean they had some good stuff some girls was good tattoo you was good uh but uh they they kind of changed a bit after that um exile was sorry i think if you accidentally sorry if you accidentally heard a little expert of a metallica song i recorded oh. that earlier <laughs> in fact this album could have easily been on any of these uh i remember reviews uh, yeah ride lighting but anyways I just had to get my notes. I took some notes on my phone. I don't nice. know why I don't have them on the computer, but I still take uh, my phone. But yeah. Um, but can I tell you my first impression? Yeah, I want to hear what you, um, your impression. This but... album feels like a family reunion, like on the front porch in the summer barbecue. Like that. that's what the vibe it gives me. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe because uh, my grandma, my Nana, listened to Stones constantly. Mm-hmm. back when i was a kid a, a baby so it's like burning my memory so like a lot of these songs and i don't know if it was specifically this album but it felt extremely familiar and well sounded familiar and yeah it just gives me that nostalgic you know just like barbecue front porch vibe yeah <laughs> um and this i i it's just classic stones i mean just blues bluesy rock gospel you get mm-hmm. some country in there um i really some standout songs for me um let me just pull this up i can't remember all the names but um sweet virginia i love that one happy's fun um little black angel or what is it called yeah that's a good one. Rip this joint. I love ventilator blues. That's just a really cool blues, yeah, rock song. And it's just um, it's a very 
it's almost comforting just how it's uh it brings me back to those early summer you know yeah it's good uh, stuff it, um there's definitely kind of a reason for that. So another kind of fun thing to talk about with this album is kind of the behind the scenes of what went through making it. So they started writing and recording this in London while they were working on Sticky Fingers. Oh, um, okay. And but and that was in 1971. But in 72, they left the UK and Keith Richards rented out a villa in southern France. Oh, um, okay. Because they were tax exiles. Um, they had not paid oh, taxes in like six or seven years. Wow. Um, I know the taxes were ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. For I artists. don't know all the details about it, but like, um, it seems like like they didn't know. Like they they had hired like an accountant to do it. And he like did. Oh, I see. and he. So they didn't. owed the UK government a small fortune. So they were advised to <laughs> flee. So they just fled um, the country. So they went to France. Um. And uh, that was a step. Yeah, I mean, this is. Um. And, and and Mick Jagger for for much of the recording while they were in um. Well, while they were in France, uh, Mick Jagger wasn't really around a lot of the time. So it was kind of a oh, weird yeah. situation. So they did because where they were in France, they, there was no recording studios at, like at all. So, they, so set, they set up like a home one. They set up a home studio in the basement of this villa. Um, and there are stories of like they couldn't fit everyone into the same room. So they would have... Um, you know, cords and microphones going through the hallway to different uh, rooms and stuff in the basement, and they would stay. I, I think Led Zeppelin did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so some of their albums. So I got this is just from Wikipedia, but it's kind of a a, a fun little kind of insight here. So recording began in earnest sometime near the middle of June. Bassist Bill Wyman recalls the band working all night, every night from eight in the evening until the following morning, uh, three the following morning. Um, for the oh, rest wow. of the month Wyman said of the period not everyone turned up every night uh, this was for me one of the major frustrations of the whole period for our previous two albums we had uh, worked well and listened to the producer Jimmy Miller um, at Nelco which is the villa um, things were very different and it took me a while to understand why um, it says by this time Richards had become a daily habit uh, began a daily habit of using heroin thousands mm. of pounds of heroin uh Worth of heroin flowed through the mansion each week, along with visitors such as William S. Burroughs, Terry Southern, Graham Parsons, John Lennon, and Michael Chess, son of famous blues um, uh, artist Leonard Chess. Um, Parsons was asked to leave in early July in 71, the result of his obnoxious behavior and attempt by Richards to clean the house of drug users as the result of pressure from the French police. So in the early 70s, there was the whole thing of Keith Richards, you know, there's a warrant out for his arrest and all that um, for in France. Right. Um, and that began during the recording of this. Um, oh, wow. Uh, I, I was surprised to learn that he did the vocals on Happy. 
Yeah, so that that, that 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 comes up here as part of the story. So Richard's substance abuse frequently prevented him from attending the sessions that uh, continued in his basement, while Jagger and Wyman were often unable to attend for other reasons. This often left the band in a position of having to record in altered forms. A notable instance of this record of the recording was one of Richard's most famous songs, Happy. Recorded in the basement, Richard said in 82, happy was something I did because uh, I was for one time early for a session. There was Bobby Keys and Jimmy Miller. We had nothing to do and suddenly picked up the guitar and played this riff. So we cut it. So we cut it and it's the record. It's the same. We cut the original track with a baritone sax, uh, a guitar and Jimmy Miller on drums. And the rest of it was built over the track. It was just an afternoon jam that everyone said, wow, yeah, work on it. So that afternoon jam and yes. the album gives me that vibe. Yeah. Um, Could have been afternoon jam. Yeah. And uh Yeah, and and Jagger was rarely around during this, so what happened so after the period in France, um they finished up recording it in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. At uh Sunset Sound Records. And uh that that was where Mick Jagger was actually around for it. So I guess they recorded much of it in France, um, took it to uh, Los Angeles, and kind of that's where they did a lot of the vocals. That's where they added the gospel stuff, um, like the background singers and stuff like that. So Not, yeah, there's actually a lot more going on with this album than you would know on first listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of personnel here. You got keys, trumpets, you know, per, you know, double bass, the sax. I mean, yeah, it, a lot of and a lot of these songs. In fact, this whole album has, I guess, the the pro, their recording process just it really you you can hear it. Yeah, it was that it this was, was done a messy album. <laughs> um like process yeah. of making it but it ended up like by some accounts it seems like it's almost a miracle this album like got finished right <laughs> um, uh but it turned out just well and i also think part of the reason because this album wasn't recorded in a way of you know the main members of the stones sitting around and and writing songs it was recorded in the sense of just whoever was around right and often that meant not the rolling stones for some of the recordings it was just other like studio guys that they had around like like again happy was keith richards and just a couple other guys studio guys <laughs> they're just friends yeah but yeah uh, it's good stuff um i i don't have much else to say other than it's just a fun classics you know sounding stones album in fact if you are new to the stones i would definitely recommend this be your first yeah definitely I, or you could listen to their 80s stuff and hate it not all of their 80s stuff is bad <laughs> there's some there's some gems in there tattoo years good album that was 81 i think early 80s yeah yeah well, you don't want to listen cover. to his Mick Jagger's like solo stuff. <laughs> hey, go listening. Go listen to "Dancing in the Street" with David Bowie and Mick Jagger. 
go watch the 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 YouTube edit where they remove the music and it's just yeah. Mick Jagger and <laughs> David Bowie being um, insane. Yeah, well, just being themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. I, I mean, showed yeah. that video what, to a coworker of mine. What's some of your favorite songs? Oh, because um, you picked it. Yeah, uh, rocks off is awesome. Sweet Virginia, um, uh, Tord and Fraid, I like. Oh, that's a good um, one. Happy is a classic. Uh, Stop breaking down. Tumbling, stop um, breaking. Uh, tumbling that, dice. Tumbling dice. Yeah, stop breaking down right. is um, a cover of a Robert Johnson song. It sounded familiar. Yeah, I, I knew I recognized it. Yeah, not the first time they. Uh, I think I've heard a lot of people cover that song. Actually, yeah, not the first time they had covered Robert Johnson. No, uh, Keith Richards. By I all doubt accounts, it would be less. is a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Go listen. And also, um, I need to update it. I'm going to make it a project of mine tonight to update our Spotify playlist to include, you know, some great tracks from each of the albums we've talked about for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, we have a Spotify, the Odd Drunk playlist. And yeah, it's all over the place because these album reviews are all over the place. And that's how I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, go check out Exile on Main Street. They have like the deluxe editions on Spotify and whatever. Um, if you know, I'm do you have the vinyl? Do you have the record? No, oh, so that's going to be one of your future purchases. I, yeah, I at some point, I will. Um, thinking yeah, about it, I'm not sure on I vinyl. Have, actually, not sure I have any stones on vinyl, which is crazy i thought i swore you had a let it bleed on vinyl did i i don't think so somebody did <laughs> or i <laughs> almost bought it or something yeah. <laughs> i've I, I i've seen it in somebody's house or something i don't know um <laughs> oh apparently band pussy galore mm-hmm. covered this whole album yeah I'll have to check that out. It even has basically the same album cover, but with like their pictures. Yeah, I've not listened to that version. Um, no, but I I find it interesting that this is a, it's, you know, not not an unpopular opinion to say this is one of their best albums, but also doesn't have any big hits on it. It's, it was still commercially successful. I mean. Like very successful. No, it's one of those. It's one of those where it's just a great album, as it is, like all put together. Like yeah. if you put, extracted one song from this, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's a cool, bluesy song." But it works when it's in this package. Yeah, I that's mean, when it really I mean, works. It, so this is some some stats here. Uh, it's been listed as one of the greatest albums of all time um acclaimed music uh put it in the 10th best record um ranked uh records um on critics all-time list 
in 98 oh, wow. q magazine readers voted it the 42nd greatest album of all time in 2000 the, and in the year 2000 it uh placed it at number three of the 100 greatest british albums um wow no that's that's like, saying a lot like it's consistently like by like, a lot of good british albums publications listed um in the best uh rolling stone magazine of course uh ranked at number seven on the 500 greatest albums of all time what what is the story with rolling stone magazine did they get the name from the rolling stones i actually don't know um i've always wondered if there was like an affiliation between the two uh yeah i actually have never bothered to look into that (laughs) <laughs> so the, yeah it was they uh winner decided to, uh to name his magazine rolling stone and a nod to an essay gleason had written about the rolling stones bob dylan and the cultural impact of the 1960s so it so is it's, of it's named stones, after the rolling stones but it's not affiliated with the rolling stones no but it's a hey yeah I mean, the Rolling Stones is a good name. It's a good band name. They pulled so, it from a Muddy, Muddy Waters name your song. Like a Rolling Stone. That's where they pulled the name from. And then Bob Dylan also did that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, let's move on to right. your first album here. Yeah, let's move on to my old album. Um, This big shift here, and I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> faith no more the real thing released mm-hmm. 1989 uh man 89 was a hell of a year we did uh video games in 1989 um think about all the movies that came out that year last crusade batman other yeah. movies but really you just need those two movies and some other ones <laughs> and some other ones we swear uh i've done another album in 89 coincidentally uh, uh sonic temple from the cult just a hell of a year yeah that's a great uh, album with, uh, yeah a hell of a year uh i love this era of music and um because it's a big transition era you know going into the 90s you know late 80s and so yeah faith no more this is their third album but most consider it their second proper album because their first was just a rough recording, not, you know, didn't have real good production. Their second one was their first studio album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had We Care A Lot on it. And that's with their um, first vocalist, Chuck Mosley. This album is the introduction of Mike Patton. And if you look into his work, he's done, you know, he's done with stuff with Mr. Bungie, all kinds of works. I just learned that Mike Patton did the Ninja Turtles theme song on the new uh, video game they made, the Shredder's oh. Revenge game. That's him. Oh, cool. <laughs> apparently. Because nice. I, I I was listening to Ninja Turtles stuff, getting hyped for the movie a few weeks ago, and then I saw Mike Patton, and I was like, what? And yeah, he did that. Um, nice. And I, I love the album cover. That's also another thing to talk about here. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with this album cover. It's like a fire on some (laughs) milk with, um, you know, rock background, but it just screams epicness. In fact, this whole album 
and we're gonna get into your reservations on the album and some yeah. of the because you <laughs> said there was things that I don't know if they bothered you, but you you have things. They to made say. some interesting um, choices, I think. Interesting, yeah. no, definitely made some interesting choices here. Um, but it's just epic. Uh, hence the their second song on the album, epic. And that's the best way to describe that song. And for a long time, I'm gonna be honest with you. So, like, I've recently gotten faith no more in the last couple, you know, month or two. Uh, I've, I've known of them. I've known of Epic. I've known of Falling to Pieces. Those are the two biggest ones, coincidentally, from this album. I heard Angel Dust. Their next album after this is really great stuff as well. And I've listened to it. It is great stuff. But this one, um, yeah, when when I heard Epic, when I heard his vocals on that, I wasn't into it. I wasn't into the vocals. In fact, I wasn't into any kind of nasally vocals like that. Like Lane Staley, Allison Chains, rest in peace, man. But uh, I was not a fan of Allison Chains for a long time. It took until I was a teenager, you know, 16 or so to really dive into their content and get into it and appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I was adverse uh, to Mike Patton's vocals here. But listening to the entire album, and also I've really, I really like Epic now. It's fun to play, it's fun to jam to, it's epic. Um, but listening to this whole album, the real thing, he has my, he has such a wide array of vocals here. Oh yeah, and of course yeah. they helped pioneer, you know, like rap rock. You know, they were one of the first. I mean, yeah, the Beastie Boys were doing it, but this was a rock band that had rap. And then yeah and um you know i mean we want to have i mean then they pioneered like new metal like system of down rage against the machine and uh, i have a fun story to tell um there was a guy in the early 90s who had just attempted suicide living with his grandma and then he saw faith no more playing at the mtv music boards playing epic mm-hmm and he decided he was so inspired that he turned his life around, formed his own band. And that was Corey Taylor from Slipknot. They literally oh. like, saved his life. Wow. Because um, oh. he was just so inspired by their music. And um, and then, yeah, we get Slipknot from that. Um, but this album is way more than just epic or falling pieces. Falling Pieces has that, you know, very iconic opening bass line. I love it. It's it's good stuff. Uh-huh. And um and their opening song track here. Oh, the opening track is a banger. That's from out of nowhere. It's definitely a banger. Great introduction. Great, great track. Great introduction to the album. And then you have Surprise You're Dead, which is like a thrash metal song. It's like a parody of thrash metal, but it just happens to be a really good thrash metal song short quick to the point um and then i think the standout here honestly though one of my favorites is zombie eaters that's a great one that i i wrote in my notes that uh makes me want to play doom it's very doom energy and (laughs) if we go into the lyrics because we're gonna look into some lyrics in some of these songs and if there's any stones ones you want to pull up yeah you can go for it but um but essentially, Zombie Eaters is from the perspective of a baby. It's about a baby being a baby and how scary and that is. 
not for the baby, for the parents. And it just makes me, you know, not want to have a baby even more, which that's good because I, I never wanted one anyways. But thank you, Faith No More. And it's about just how like it's called zombie eaters because you just eat babies, just eat, sl- sleep, poop, piss, shit, scream, you know, it's just very routine. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, I was looking into the song title and its meaning and everything. And, you know, most Americans are zombie, what considered zombie eaters. Hmm. And why that is, is because like, um, I, and I forget where this, I got this from. This is just pulling stuff out of my head. I'm not going to try to find it again. This is not, and I get a college podcast, educational podcast, but (laughs) like something like 80% or so of Americans let their food go cold to find something to watch before they eat. They always watch TV while they eat the most Americans. Hmm. So you have like these routines yeah. when you eat. So you're a zombie eater. Yeah. You, you act like a zombie. Um, but yeah, the whole song is just very epic. Uh, Jim Martin, which uh, amazing. I love his guitar work here. This one guy made a YouTube comment on the YouTube video of zombie eaters that was like his guitar is like a eight foot neon sword cutting through. And it literally quite cuts through the middle of the production of these songs, like the triplets he does and stuff, just very cool, heavy stuff. And, um, zombie eaters then leads into the real thing. And you get more of those kind of like triplets and stuff. And, uh, that's good stuff. Woodpecker from Mars, I think, is a great instrumental break. Very Yo, weird, yeah. eclectic. Has like, uh, and then it leads into their cover of War Pigs, and yeah, there's mm-hmm. a, a few songs on here where Mike Patton s- sings with a more just classic kind of rock belter voice. Yeah, and I'm like, yes, I want I, more I of like, that. But then I he like goes their cover of War Pigs. Stuff. Yeah, it's a fun uh-huh. cover, and um. Yeah, it's and they were um at the time. So you had Red Hot Chili Peppers, Mother's Milk, uh, came out the same mm. year, which is yeah. also a great album. Um, I think yeah, RH Red Hot Chili Peppers best stuff was in this era essentially in the early nineties, in mid two thousand. But you know, uh, I'm not a huge fan of them. But it's funny because Anthony Kiedis at the time they had a rivalry between faith no more and the red hot chili peppers that yeah. mike Patton stole anthony kiedis's style and their everything and they're like well we're they are a very different band they're a lot heavier and um and they just kind of laughed it off and anthony kiedis just kept you know just being a real butthurt about it yeah <laughs> but i would choose this album uh, over mother's milk yeah so i I overall like this album. So what do you have to say? Yeah. So, but so just... what's your standout tracks? Uh, my standout track, "Zombie Eaters," "Edge of the World" was super weird. Mm, that's a really good closer, um, though. It's weird, it though. Felt a lot like they were just fucking around and decided, like you know how <laughs> you know our our old band, you know we we'd be you know we we play like rock and blues and shit like that, but it's every, definitely a weird. But every once in a while, and this all bands do this, where you'll be sitting around. Yeah, talking about you know you're not working on any songs and and then the drummer just because they're bored starts going and they start playing some jazzy shit just because you're bored and then 
it felt a lot like that type of energy. Like they're just fucking around in the studio because they're born mm-hmm. and they were, and then they were like, actually that was kind of cool. It's just, let's record that. <laughs> um, right. I, I woodpecker from Mars. I thought that was, uh, pretty cool. Wild. Um, uh, the real thing is a long ass song, but I think it works. It really does. It's a big ballad. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, that whole second half of the album, they all kind of lead into each other in a very uh, satisfying way. Not quite like a medley of songs, but I, I love how they're put together. You yeah. Know? Uh, surprise, um, you're dead. Also, I really. Yeah, really that's like a that banger. Um, I had banger. some. It's funny that you mentioned Epic. This uh, is the one you don't like, isn't it? I think it's by far the worst song on the album. <laughs> and I also think Falling to Pieces. I'm not crazy about it. It's it's not no, as bad I'm not as crazy epic. about Falling to Pieces. Um, uh, I mean, it's got its like let, I said, let, the bass Let me so you know, and it took me off guard because I thought I thought the opening track um, from out of nowhere is fantastic. Like I turned on the album and I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then Epic started and I'm like, okay less cool uh really see for me i think from out of nowhere is a yeah it's a good opening track Mm -hmm. but i think epic is when the album really takes off to me but i used to not like that song for a long time Um, i didn't like that so so i i wrote down some thoughts okay i wrote it's funny that track number three is called falling to pieces because the album begins to fall to pieces in track number two (laughs) Um, Damn. Did, Ra- did Rage Against the Machine replace Zach De La Roca with Marky Mark? <laughs> um, and then That's I said, but not to worry. It was a surprise that the album starts to redeem itself with Surprise You're Dead. No, I, I mean, I will um, say the second half of the album is the like best half. Yeah, I, I just... What's it, it with that epic that really bothers you? Um, is it the chorus vocals or the rap or both? It's, it's, (laughs) it's mostly the rap. Um, so rap rock is just not your thing or is it just, I think it's really, really hard to pull off. It's hard. Very few bands ever have. Um, and I don't think they pull it off in this. Mm, interesting um there's a couple I mean, other they songs really where it, kicked off the rack rock thing yeah there's a couple other um, songs where they do like small snippets of it and it works in smaller amounts but epic does a lot of it and fair enough um i mean i mean let's put it this way the when i is it I just because the rhymes are too simple or is it just his the way he does it the way he, he doesn't sings, have very good it. flow i think I, it just, well, he does. He he cuts it off a lot, and he does like the "What is it?" Yeah, you know, and... he, he. What I like about Mike Patton, um, it, he plays a lot with tones and sounds. Like he, there's always all these different sounds coming out of his mouth. Yeah, um, <laughs> he, and, he has and, fun with it. And uh, I mean, let let's put it this way: I I didn't look up when this album came out before I listened to it. And I wasn't super familiar with Faith No More um, beforehand. I think I had heard a few of their songs on the radio. Um, and with by the end of 
epic i was like when did this album come out it sounds like a late 90s you know trying to ride the coattails of no they rock they started it yeah and and it's just kind of i don't know i don't think it worked i at least in that in that in, in that song and and um and falling to pieces i just thought had some weird weird instrumental stuff going on which which is i'm I'm more okay with that one than with Epic, but I don't think, I think Epic just kind of threw me off the album um, enough where it, it didn't, it, the um, well, surprise or it surprise or dead was the one that, uh, that uh, brought you back, brought me back. It's like, back okay, okay. It. It's <laughs> well, you would be in the minority. Cause Epic is like their biggest song. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I can see how it threw you off. Maybe you weren't expecting that. Or you didn't know there would be rap in there. Um, for me, it wasn't the rap that ever bothered me. I thought that was fine. Like it, I think it fits very well with the instrumentation, with the song. I think if it was any more, like I think if it, if it was more complex rhymes or flow, that would take away from the instrumentation. I think it would mm-hmm. just be too much. I think it's. I think it works that it's, you know, more simple, cut and dry. And but then it was the chorus that bothered me. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. very nasally um, vocals. But it I think the chorus works very well, actually, after more listenings and actually appreciating it. And for me, yeah, it was definitely one of those songs. I was like, yeah, the guitar works cool. Drum works really good all the work is good i'm just not a huge fan of the vocals but then i listened to their other stuff and i was like oh this guy actually is good and then i came to appreciate epic even more and what makes it and you can't deny that it does like the instrumentation sounds epic yeah and what contributes to that it's making this constant climb up Mm -hmm. uh, in the chorus and everything and you have the guitar sweeping uh sweeping uh, you know up higher notes and stuff and that's fun and it's fun to play too i'll tell you that um but i could definitely see how that went through you off and then falling in pieces yeah i think honestly falling to pieces even though it's also one of their more popular ones i think it's the weakest one i think they just make some weird choices with the instrumentation it's a cool um i i i still like it i'll still i won't skip it or anything like it has an iconic you know bass intro um but but the second half of this album yeah starting with surprise you're dead and the zombie eaters into the real thing yeah. like those are three just bangers of songs yeah the the b and side of this album is the b side great. is the ultimate Fantastic. side yeah uh yeah so if you would have been producing them you would have left epic out or at least left the rapping out of it yeah yeah i would have left it out completely i would have said no well, just... let's look at some. Let's look at some uh, stats here. So, in '89, the United Kingdom Kerrang gave it album of the year. It was the number one album of the year, um, according to them. Uh, in '98, Kerrang also put it at number fifty in albums you must hear before you die. Um, Classic rock in two thousand one uh, gave it hundred. I mean, uh, sixty four out of the hundred greatest rock albums ever. 
And then it's also included and a few of the albums we've done in the past, like Rest in Peace, uh, the Black Flag album. I think even I think all, all our metal and punk albums might have been on this list, maybe except for Anthrax. Sorry, Anthrax. But on a thousand and one <laughs> albums, you must hear before you die. Yeah. And But yeah, seriously, starting from out of nowhere. Yeah, I think it's a great banger of an opening track. It really it's like, OK, this is the sound. This is Mike Patton. Here we go. And then yeah. Epic for me, for you, it takes you out of the album. You're like, nah, for me, after appreciating it. And like I said, it was a song I that really annoyed me as a child. I would hear it all the time and his vocals just annoyed me. Yeah. But now for me, Epic's like, all right, here we yeah. go. See, the, the vocal, and like his tone and stuff didn't annoy me. It was the rap. The rap, part. <laughs> the rap okay. part really threw me out. I mean, there are definitely singers out there where their tone just like um, the cranberries. Um Oh yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I, I know really... everyone holds her <laughs> in really high regard. Um, she passed away a while back, didn't she? Uh, you know, rest in peace. I don't want to take away from, from like, them as artists, but I cannot stand her voice. Right, and yeah, there's and, some people like, I mean, and there and and there's a couple songs as well by them that have been covered that I don't even like, like uh, Zombie. That song gets a I old, man. Hate that go. song. I hate <laughs> it. It's a bad song. Even like the the covers that have been done of it, it's bad. I don't like that right. song. Um, but <laughs> a lot but of I know, do, but I know people. And... <laughs> a lot of people hold them in really yeah. high regard, uh, and I'm just I'm like, no. So here's what uh, Jonathan Gold from the Los Angeles Times said about um, this album. Uh, the Kings of Neo Metal in 1990. While the real thing had been on the sales charts for eight months, writing, Faith No More is a band with a punk rock bassist, a classically trained keyboardist. I love the keyboard work here, too. Oh, yeah. Like, there's there's a fun. lot of fun sounds, good stuff. Punk funk singer and a drummer who would probably rather be playing Ghanaian tribal music, which goes <laughs> a long way uh, toward explaining the band's diversity. And, of course, there's heavy metal Jim. Call call what they do neo metal, um, yeah, and they very much pioneered new metal for better better or worse. I, there is some really good new metal bands. I think most of them are bad uh, because they try so hard to like do what the good ones do, and it mm -hmm. doesn't come out organically. But yeah, System of Down, they're one of my favorite bands, and like we wouldn't have that, you know, Slipknot. While I'm not a huge fan of Slipknot, they got good songs. And yeah, they're very spooky. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we want to have, we literally very much want to have Slipknot without um, Corey Taylor seeing um, Fave No More perform Epic. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, I definitely see what you mean about Epic, but just, I've it... gotten. It Pass. threw me off enough where, uh, if I'm being totally honest, if I had not, if I wasn't listening to the album for an album review, I might have. You would have quit. I might. I'm so glad you didn't. I'm glad I didn't either, because again, the the B side of the album is awesome, really good. But um, yeah, um, if I if I had to grade this album, I would grade it as a B for the B side is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
B for the B side. <laughs> nice. Um, for me, I yeah, I think it's definitely one of those albums everyone should listen to, and some people may like it more or not. But um, but that's a great thing about these album reviews. We we're not always gonna like each other's stuff and all of it or some of it, you know. Um, and that that's what keeps it interesting. But I'm glad you enjoyed the B side of this album because I also think that's the superior um, mm. portion of this album. And it really, it's in between Zombie Eaters and the real thing on like which song I think is the best. I think I might give it to Zombie Eaters. But the real thing is also yeah. very epic, very awesome ballad. I don't know. It's just, yeah, that second half of the album, Underwater Love, I think that's a really cool one that leads from the real thing. Because it literally just leads straight from it, same key, um, and it just works really well. Um, and I think like uh, Jim Martin's triplets that he does in Zombie Eaters, how they come back in the real thing. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they're not in every song. That would be repetitive. But it gives it like that tonal, like uh, musical through line. Like this yeah. is the same story or this is the same, you know, this is. And often bands, the B side will be the portion of the album that, you know, is more cohesive, finishes up the story. The A side will be just like kind of singles put together. And then the B side, here's the, you know, the real magic for the real fans. If you get to this part, you know. Yeah. But yeah, um, let's look at some. But if you thought this album was like crazy all over the place, go listen to Angel Dust. <laughs> but diehard Faith No More fans claim that that one's better. Yeah. Um, or at least as good. But um, let's see. The real thing sales. Then we're going to move on to your next album. Um. Oh, sorry about that silence there. I was looking something also, up. Also, <laughs> hell of an album cover. I love the album cover. Uh, Best-selling album by Faith No More is The Real Thing, which sold over 1.2 million copies uh, release. Um, and now it has sold over 20 million. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Um Yeah, I, I'm so glad I got to talk about it, that we got to talk about that album. Yeah. But it's funny that Epic, their biggest song, is the one your least favorite. But yeah, I, often I... <laughs> there's a lot of popular mainstream stuff that I don't understand, you know, especially mm -hmm. nowadays. But um but let me see on Spotify. I'm I'm curious. I know We Care a lot had a big um surge again. Because Guardians of the Galaxy featured it. Oh, um, yeah. But let's look at their top five. So, yeah, number one, Epic. Then Easy from Angel Dust. Then We Care A Lot. Then Midlife Crisis from Angel Dust, which that actually is a really cool song. It's kind of weird, but it's cool. Um, but, yeah, Epic. But, yeah. I would say the one that surprised... And yeah, I love their cover War Pit Pigs, but the one that surprised me the most was Surprise You're Dead, obviously. 
Yeah, no, that one was pretty rad. I surprise. Okay. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> let's move on to your next album. I really uh-huh. enjoyed listening to this one too. It's it's a a pretty pretty big switch in gears from yes from Faith No More. Lots of uh, I wanted to talk about here. Frank Turner his 2018 album Be More Kind. Um. Yes. And I wanted to talk about this just because I've just generally been into Frank Turner a lot the last uh, year or so. And uh, I think out of his newer releases, this one. Um... Now, what band was Frank Turner part of before this? Or has he always been solo? Uh, I mean, back before he like went breakout, he has played in bands, but he's always been. It's Frank Turner and the, Sleep- and the Sleeping Souls is his. Oh, okay. Um, and uh I mean he's his first album was like two thousand and five or something like that. Um and uh So he's been around. Yeah, and he's kind of uh fits into the folk punk genre, but um not not exactly. It's kind of folk punk, kind of this album Rip Pop. I guess right, yeah. Um, it, it's definitely a more pop-sounding album. It walks, but mm-hmm. I think it does a really good job of still staying in the folk punk lane, but just a it, little bit. It more feels very genuine, positive messages. It's um, yeah, it's very earnest. It's an earnest his, album. I, it's why I've been into Frank Turner for two reasons. Uh, his most of his stuff feels very genuine, and also, um, it's not that he doesn't touch on um difficult topics ever you know he some of his songs touch on um uh, addiction and and problems like that but um he seems to from his songwriting have a positive outlook on the world um well his i'm just looking at his discography the album that came before this is positive songs for negative people yeah well there, there's there's <laughs> a little bit of a called. story with that so um what I was reading is with positive songs for negative people. He had been arguing with the uh, um, his, his producers on, on that album, yeah. and according to him, he this is a quote from me. He believed that he was in a position where he said in a position where my artistic integrity was on the line. Um, and he also oh, told, that, yeah. and he told the same magazine that he believed the album was emptying out one particularly creative cupboard, um, and he was in the middle of trying to decide precisely which direction I wanted to head in next. So it's kind of, and I and I heard an interview with him a while while back running him where, dry, where he was talking about this album, um, "Be More Kind," and it was kind of like he generally, from what I understand, likes to write albums. He doesn't just write songs. And then squish them all together into an album. He right. goes forward with like a purpose in, you know, and sometimes he'll write songs that uh, just kind of end up fitting into an album somewhere. But um, and uh, I think I heard him talk about somewhere that he was working on something else. And um, uh, events took place in the world and he felt like he had to write switch directions and what he was writing um and by events i mean uh donald trump was elected in 2016 and all of that shit started well one uh, of be- the songs is make america great again yeah he's um very much a 
satire on that whole statement you know yeah that this whole album is is not shy about it's um it's definitely a response to that whole movement um i um really love the title track here it was really nice to hear mm-hmm. um in a world that has decided that it's gonna lose its mind be more kind my friends try to be more kind That that's just a sweet message yeah that's something we all need I think. the whole album it, just yeah again it's why i've just appreciated frank turner is he's just there's so many artists out there that who just like they they write you know really angry or depressing stuff or it doesn't seem earnest and frank turner walks this line of like he is writing positive stuff that also seems earnest earnest and genuine and um, yeah a lot of guys will write stuff just to be angry and cynical but it doesn't yeah. feel like it really came or, from their or even some like pop music will have positive messages but it's like you don't get the feeling that it's earnest that it's like right. genuinely coming um, from this person and and so i i just appreciate the fact that there are some artists out there who are just like you know what i'm done being negative so when i first listened <laughs> to this album uh it gave me those autumn freshman year of college energy <laughs> vibes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I felt. That's what it reminded me of. It's very comforting. And I like the messages. And I, it's, yeah, it's just nice to hear an album that you really feel that he means what he's singing. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I think there's a lot of good tracks on here. I mean, I I don't know all the names, but one of them is like, oh, there she is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I like "Be More Kind," "Make America Great Again." That's a good one. One of my um, one of my favorites a lot of is tracks, um, so. 1933. Um, yeah, I I li- I definitely listened to it. I just I can't ni- quite remember. 1933 is the more like driving, like punk sounding song. Yeah. Oh yeah. There is um, some punk stuff and know, uh it, it's stuff. definitely about like facing um fascists <laughs> like it's not shy about it, shy right. about it. it's uh there's a <laughs> my favorite line uh in lyrics in this is if i was the if i was of the greatest generation i'd be pissed surveying the world that i built slipping back into this i'd be screaming screaming at my grandkids we already did this um it's just this is a simple answers that shit's for fascists and maybe teenagers you can't fix the world if all you have is a hammer yeah and then and then the chorus line that gets repeated is uh stop mistaking your house burning down for the dawn Uh, you know that that that's a good song it's definitely the angriest on the album um but a more positive song that i love uh, little changes it's just like a happy, like, like just snapping along. I gotta go to song. get the door. I'll be right back. Um, and I'm back. All right. But yeah, no, it's just um, little changes has a uh, is just a nice happy. For me, it's pretty much just song. a comforting album. Yeah. Uh, but it's. I will need to listen to it more. I listen. I definitely listen to Exile on Exile on Main Street a lot more. Mm-hmm. It was just what yeah. I was in the mood for. But it's definitely this is definitely one I will be going back to, and definitely gonna throw some of these songs into a playlist. 
Yeah. I, I just generally kind of wanted to highlight Frank Turner. Um, yeah. Cause uh, it's not that it's not like he's unpopular, um, but he also doesn't get a lot of coverage. Um, right. Uh, and uh, oh, this is fun on the Wikipedia page for Frank Turner. It says the first record Turner owned was the album killers by iron maiden. Really? Um, <laughs> See, you would have never have guessed that. Yeah. Great, uh, made but uh, some good, good albums. <laughs> uh, so, you know, this one, Be More Kind 2018, uh, just to recommend a couple other pretty good ones. Uh, England, Keep My Bones from 2011 is pretty good. Poetry of the Deed from 2009 is pretty good. Uh, Love Iron Song is one of his more um, mainstream ones. But uh, but yeah, Frank Turner, be more kind. There's not much else to say about it. It's just a fun, positive album. Yeah, it it, it definitely uh, will cheer you up. I, yeah. I would say. All right, so the final album we have here, released early this year, back in February. This is our newest one, and like I said, there was a few albums released this year that I could have done, but um. I decided to go with This Is Why by Paramore. Mm -hmm. And they, and yeah, uh, Haley Williams, great vocalist, one of the greatest modern uh, female rock vocalists out there. Yeah. And um, Paramore has had a very interesting like evolution as a band. You know, they very much so started as like emo rock, alt rock, you know, emo punk, you know, and then going into pop punk. And then going a little bit too into pop, I would say, but um, it was some of their um, stuff in the mid 20 teens. Yeah. And then coming around to this album. Uh, it's not what also... I expected. From Exa Paramore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what you would <laughs> expect. There's definitely songs on here and there's definitely like Paramore. Their sound is there somewhere. But mm -hmm. it, and that's mostly because you got Haley Williams. Yeah, that, that's what how you recognize it as Paramore. Because aside from that, aside from a couple songs, this is a very new, fresh, um, take. I mean, it's got a lot of cool dance, like dance numbers in here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, pop punk sort of songs, artsy, very jazzy. There's a lot of cool uh, guitar and elements and like rhythmic elements here um mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of cool stuff going on and i remember their song this is why i came out late last year and mm -hmm. i was like wow this is a fun refreshing cool like pop jazzy dance number and yeah. i'm like I'm, I'm definitely gonna check this album out and then they came out with the news um i think a couple of months after that single and i was like okay this is kind of more like like this chorus is more reminiscent of uh classic paramore and um it has more of a rock vibe to it but it still has interesting um chords and melody going on yeah and then the album came out and and yeah some of my standout tracks is yeah, this is why it's definitely like the big pop dance number. The news, I think, is a great one. 
I, I just mm-hmm. talked about, but um Seskum Sa, that's a fun yeah. uh, fun poppy number. That and was that, fun. that means uh, this is it is what it is, essentially in French. Uh running out of time. I think that's also a really fun one, a, a more dancier one. Mm-hmm. And then you have songs like um Big Man Little Dignity. That's a more contemplative, more mature kind of yeah. um lingering song and i i love Haley williams vocals there and apparently like even on the their spotify when you go to the album they have like a video introduction and stuff talking oh, about the cool. album and yeah. they said the whole album came off of the song called thick skull which is the final song of this album and it's yeah. one of the best ones oh that's a good um, one yeah. yeah uh Crave is good. It very much so reminds me of old school Paramore. But I would say the most like classic Paramore you can find on here is probably gonna be You First. That has mm-hmm. like a huge rock chorus. Yeah. And um it has those big driving guitars in there. But what I like, it's not just there's just a lot of interesting stuff going on. There's piano you know there's piano there's a lot of interesting percussion here the bass is doing cool like the bass track on this is why Mm -hmm. that's a great bass track um but it's just yeah i the only paramore i've ever listened to in the past (laughs) is like their one twilight music video song Uh uh-huh how do we get here or whatever i see see i've Uh, i've really over the years not paid any attention to paramore because of like their that phase that phase of parapet early yeah early pair. I, and it's not like i thought they were bad ever i just it's it just wasn't your thing it wasn't my, my thing, thing. Either. I, yeah i so never I, thought they were bad i thought i respected them i thought they were there, good i was there like, are yeah, plenty Haley. of bands that like i think are perfectly fine that are good bands mm-hmm. that's just i don't listen it's to not them. your thing yeah. but and i was like um, and i've always been a supporter of Haley Williams. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. She's a great yeah. vocalist. I love her stuff. But this album has like just like a lot of kind of reminds me of have you ever heard of the band Block Party? There's a lot of stuff like yeah. that in here. Uh a lot of talking heads type stuff. I mean uh yeah. with the dance uh, that, numbers. That, that's and... what surprised me is is it was very like art rock in some yeah, ways. Very and, much so. And artsy. I, I yeah. can dig art rock sometimes. And, yes. and this was it, it it surprised me. It took me off guard. I um and overall, I think I think it's just a great listen, yeah. fun listen, a, a nice quick. You know, it's, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's what about 30, 30 minutes, thirty six minutes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's perfect um, length for this kind of thing. Yeah. And honestly, uh, Arctic Monkeys also like just like the year before this came out, like a few months before this came out, mm-hmm. they came out with their album, The Car which goes extremely artsy and jazzy. In fact, yeah. you wouldn't even have thought it was the Arctic Monkeys it's, like, yeah, whatsoever. It's... <laughs> I, I think maybe they took it a little too far with the jazzy stuff. You know, you expect some driving guitars in there or something. I still think that's a cool, interesting album. But I mm-hmm. think this one does a better job of going more artsy, jazzy, uh, a little bit of funkiness. But yeah. still, you're like, yeah, that's Paramore. Like Haley Williams is doing her thing, and you have songs in here that are more reminiscent of their more uh, like emo rock vibes and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think there's some cool 
like the news i think that's just a really good critique on news media social media influencers and like the whole idea is like oh yeah the war the war in like ukraine or wherever mm-hmm. it's like oh we're making posts about it we're talking about it. we're yeah. telling you how much we care but it's like you're not doing anything you're just looking for attention off of people's tragedies and it, i i think that's a good one um running out of time i think is a very fun one very musically interesting and it's very it really hits home with me like mm-hmm. uh like this the second verse never mind i hit the snooze on my alarm 20 times but i was just so <laughs> tired there was traffic spilled my coffee crashed my car otherwise would have been there on time <laughs> yeah and what you know in that just a very simple concept of running late yeah I, I don't have a lot to say about the album it, i just it surprised me i thought it was good um, what's some standout songs for you big man little dignity i thought that was really good yeah, that one really uh, kind of came out and that was a good break yeah like, uh figure eight i thought that was a pretty good one yeah um, uh yeah the the news uh the, yeah i actually have this album on record on vinyl too oh I sick. Have the gold, gold yeah it, album. it's That's a nice cool. uh cool cover album or cover art i mean yeah no it's not a cover not a cover album. cover art oh yeah pressing their face against the the cool one the glass simple yeah. pretty good yeah yeah anyway i yeah i mean i i don't have much else to say about it i, I just i liked it but do you think this is an album you would go back to i think like so a fun cool pop rock art yeah scene? i think i think if i was in the mood you know every once in a while i go through my phases for like a couple weeks straight where i just yeah. listen to a bunch of indie rock yeah Oh yeah, it's definitely in the indie <laughs> rock. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, this one will, this one probably will stay in my rotation. And what what I really like about it, just to explain more on like the instrumentation and everything, there's a lot of fun textures going on here, mm-hmm. like the guitars yeah. doing stuff that you may not think uh, would work, but it does work. There's a lot of, a lot of percussiveness, percussiveness. And like the strumming and stuff like that, um, and just interesting, just interesting chords, and just it's, it's, it's titillating. It's a titillating album, and yeah. it's, um, I think it's, yeah, I think it works very, very well. Um, I could say I'm at least a, you know. I could say I'm a Paramore fan just for this album alone. If they did another one that was like this, you know, I'd be all for it. But I also encourage them to experiment more because it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, so, and yeah, it's just, I, I love their whole evolution. Yeah, like nothing against their early work, but starting out from an emo rock band. Mm-hmm you know with their song with twilight and yeah we did our twilight commentaries yeah you know so check that out but uh and then going to this you know very a much more mature contemplative experimental artsy rock album is just really cool and um i like i think it's a great example of a band dramatically changing their sound but keeping the core the core ideas there and you know yeah. the signature you have Haley williams and her signature vocals like you know that's Haley williams like listen to any paramore song 
that you don't even know you could put it on, you know that's Haley Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that very much so works in its favor. Um, I think if you had anyone else doing this, it, it just wouldn't hit the right way, you know? And uh, yeah, I think it's great stuff. And I, I'm glad we got to talk about it. Definitely. Yeah, it just came out this year. And, and yeah, like I said, it's been a banger year for alt alternative music. Yeah, well, I think that's a pretty good uh, group of albums. Good place in there. Yeah. Um, All unless right. you have anything else you want to touch on, but I, I don't really have anything else. Um, go ahead and check out the the music videos are pretty fun too. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're running out of time, it's like a Alice in Wonderland thing. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, same thing with Frank Turner. He has a couple music videos out there that music are music videos. Um, Little Changes um, has a music video that's fun, and it's him just dancing but being nice bad. I like it's that. it's like it's like he has some like three professional dancers who are really good and he's yeah. trying to follow their dance routine but he's really bad at it <laughs> um, um before we go fun, on here's yeah. some uh some quotes and um critiques on this is why um yeah reviewing the album from emine sophie williams found it to be as in tune with the textures of today's forward-thinking rock as much as it is a love letter to paramore's paramore's brilliantly cosmic early days and i yeah i think that's a great way to sum it up it it is exploring these uh, this new rock scene that we're kind of getting here where things are kind of getting jazzy again art rock again you know Mm -hmm. that dance rock is coming back again which is i'm all for it um, but it still has that Paramore core to it for the old fans. And and I think you have to have that for it to be Paramore, <laughs> obviously. But um, but it never feels like too uh, self-indulgent of an album. Like it's trying to be intellectual. Like the lyrics are quite simple a, a lot of times it, are just very common things that everybody goes through, like with running out of time. Mm-hmm. So it's artsy, but it's never pretentious. And yeah. I think that's an important balance to strike too with like art rock stuff. This you is never uh, want to be pretentious. Uh, Eames Taylor of Clash praised the songwriting, stating, um, it's a disservice oh, yeah. to call any Paramore album the most anything, but something right. about the songwriting on This Is Why It are undi- undeniably the most something. Um, Williams both elegant and sandpaper coarse uh, depending on what it's called for yeah she has a great um, dynamics with her voice yeah Yeah. no I appreciated this album and and again I had it's not that I like thought Paramore was bad or anything I just mostly ignored Paramore for a long time so when you when you sent this no say what you texted me the texted me and said uh uh, you're picking a Paramore album. I, was like, I actually okay. saw <laughs> what really first got my attention. I saw just uh, check out his uh, this YouTube channel, Justin Hawkins Rides Again. He's the guy from the band The Darkness. Mm-hmm. I believe in a thing called love. That song. He's yeah. that guy. And he's he's play, he played at the Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute show. He, like, he sang the Van Halen song. And I was like, wow, he's a really good singer. But he has a YouTube channel where he does like critiques and anal- analyzes different uh, songs, albums, whatnot, you know, music videos, whatnot of new bands, old stuff. 
and yeah. he did a video on this and i was like wow paramore okay let's go hit Haley williams let's go and um she is a she's from nashville and you can hear some of that twang in her voice too which is which is good you know yeah well, I know she's from Tennessee, at least. Anyways, yeah, I think that's a good place to end here. Um, we will be here next week for another episode of the Odd Drunk Pod. Uh, go check us out at Odd Drunk Pod on Instagram. We may or may not do a TikTok. I don't know. We're thinking about ideas for a TikTok. Um, yeah. But yeah, give us a rating or review on your preferred platform of choice. Um, I, I saw, we, uh, got some more on Spotify. I would like to, I, I, I love seeing, uh, what you guys think of us. And, um, even if it's just a five stars, but I would really prefer a, a written review. That would, that would be really cool. Oh yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, just hit that subscribe button on what, or whatever it's called on your platform. Um, and Keep up with us because we got a lot of different stuff. We have a whole catalog of stuff. We've been doing this a while now. And um it's still fun. That that's the important part. It's still fun. <laughs> yes. Anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Any last words? Go listen to the Audra playlist. Yes. Yes. Check it out. And listen to these albums too. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive. Okay Colton you can roll the outro now.